the most interesting radio show on planet Earth. The Weekend Variety Wireless. On Radio Live. John Dibbig's letter from America, and he does it the whole time while, for a joke, I wear a mega hat, make America great again. What are you doing, man? What do you reckon? You like the hat? Oh, f***. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don McGlashan, up close and personal, between 10 o'clock and 11, because we could. Uh, his musical career, his songbook. Um... He's a great storyteller, as well as one of our most loved and finest songwriters. He'll tell the story of the very, very first song he wrote, and he can remember doing it in detail. I don't mind saying it's a very charming story. Uh, an outsider that has escaped the archive between 11 o'clock and 12, the Worthington Scandal. Something along the lines of even a more controversial Brian Tamaki, a religious evangelist, well, it's a strange story. It's from the 1890s and it happened in Christchurch. That story told by Jared Hymush between 11 and 12. Up next, those sceptical thoughts with Mark Honeychurch. to the Weekend Variety Wireless. Warning, warning, bullshit alert. Time for sceptical thoughts, woo and scams exposed for what they aren't from the New Zealand sceptics, Mark Honeychurch. Hello, Mark. Hey, how's it going? Very well, thank you. Oh, man, oh, man. Uh, I don't know what pressures were brought to bear. In fact, you know, in some ways I hope there were some because the breathless reporting of... Something called a Shakti mat on uh, quite mainstream New Zealand television this week. Uh, should we just play it and then you can explain what on earth they're going on about, Mark? Yeah, I think starting with a clip would be good. All right. So these Shakti mats, is, yes. is, this, is this an actual thing? Yeah, it is. Um, it goes back probably 2,000 years. Uh, yoga gurus and martial arts gurus, they all used to use better nails. So there's um, acupressure benefits that come from it, which help to um, basically balance your health. I used to think that the bed of nails was just a party trick. Uh, yeah, it is a party trick. You see them in circuses where yes. they you know, lie down and they put a block on them and smash it with a sledgehammer. Mm. But um, when, you, when you have a look at it, the, the thing is, is that we have an energy, energy flow in our body and it's called qi. So if you look at your yin and your yang, um, qi is what you need your balance for to be healthy. So lying on a shakti mat, the acupressure points help to balance your, your qi. So we're not talking about chi as being something that, um, you know, yogis might, might dream up. This energy in our body is a, is a real thing. It is a real thing, yeah, yeah. And so obviously these um, shakti mat, the points on it are, are releasing this energy? Yes, 
what they do is that your, your chi, if you have an illness or you're looking for wellness, you want to make sure there's no blockages in your meridian. When you're lying on the Shakti mat, it stimulates these acupressure points, helps to open the blockages. Good God. If we were to go through that with a fine-tooth comb, it would take uh, half an hour to address all the points. But you know, I mean, the first hilarious one, this has been done for 2,000 years, therefore it must be great. Yeah, absolutely. That argument from antiquity that because people have been doing it for a long time, it works. It's nonsense. And I don't even think this has been done for thousands of years. I think the guy talking here really doesn't know what he's talking about. And you're right. There's a lot wrong here. Starting from the very beginning of that, we heard the female presenter asking if it's a real thing. Later on in the segment, she talks about how she's got one at home and she lies on it regularly. So why she's asking whether it's real or not, I don't know. She uses one and presumably this is one of the reasons why they've managed to get on breakfast on one and have a chat about it um and they go on to talk about chi this energy that apparently isn't mystical it's scientific total nonsense um they talk about acupressure points and the idea with acupressure points it, it's like uh, it's acupuncture points but instead of puncturing the skin you're just applying pressure um and if you look at the Shakti mat, and I, I have looked at these mats before, what they are is like a yoga mat that has a lot of round plastic discs attached to the top. And each of those discs has maybe 20 or 30 sharp little points on top. Um, and they kind of go in concentric circles. And they are, they are pretty sharp. I've, I've seen these at a couple of trade fairs. So I gave it a go at the Go Green Expo a couple of years ago. I tried standing on them both with and without my socks, and they're pretty damn sharp points. They really hurt my feet. Um, so I can imagine it's going to be a bit easier lying on it because you're distributing the weight a little bit more. But even so, you'll definitely feel this. It'll definitely be something. And I can imagine people doing that and thinking, oh, Maybe I'm getting some benefit from it because I can definitely feel something. Now, okay. Just points. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is comes back to my theory. It's why vomiting is really it's just marvelous because when it stops, geez, it's good. Um, you feel yeah, you feel wonderful. Yeah. And the, look, the thing that's kind of obvious to me is what they're trying to do. A, they believe in this acupressure thing. Let's just do it everywhere on you by laying down on a whole lot of prickly stuff and you're bound to hit a good one. Yeah, absolutely. And when, when you look at traditional acupressure, which again, it isn't that old, it's not that traditional, the idea is that they are there are the specific points that you use for acupuncture, but instead you're applying pressure to. Um, there's a subset of acupressure, which is auricular acupressure, where everything goes on on the ear. And I've, I've got a whole bunch of stickers. I think you were given some after our conference last year by mm. Susie. There are little stickers with little metal balls in. Um, they're kind of stuck on one side. They're like little sticking plasters, and you stick them on these acupressure points. But they are very specific points, and they've each got kind of fun, Eastern-sounding names to them. Whereas, as you say, with this map, it's just poking you everywhere in your body. And I'm not sure that acupuncture and acupressure has this idea that you can do a scattergun approach, that if you just stick everything at the same time, it's going to work. The idea is more that for any given condition, there are a set of maybe seven or eight or ten points that need to have pressure applied to them or need to have a needle stuck into them. So, yeah, this is... It's just a fad that there's not really, you know, even as far as alternative medicine is concerned, there's nothing behind this. Um, 
And unsurprisingly, when we look further, when we look at the claims... Hang, 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 hang on, Mark. You're saying people that have got nothing behind them are actually saying that there's nothing behind this. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even align with what we understand of alternative medicine, which in itself is nonsense. It's two levels of ridiculous. Here. Right. Um, but, but looking to the claims, there are claims made by this physiotherapist advertising on the TV show that they sounded quite familiar. And so I, I looked up um, on the Advertising Standards Authority website about complaints against the Shakti mat. And sure enough, um, a good friend of mine, Daniel Ryan, who um, he likes, like I do, to put in complaints to the ASA, he complained last April about Shakti. He said that they were making claims like, uh, they said, provides millions with relief from stress, sleep problems, muscle tension, back pain and headaches. And he complained to the ASA. Shakti, the company, put their hands up and said, yep, we shouldn't have made those claims and they fixed them. Um, and that was okay until October when Daniel put in another complaint to the ASA saying, now they're saying, designed for prevention, reduction or complete elimination of stress, sleep problems and back pain. And once again, they put their hands up and went, yep, yep, we've messed up again. Um, now the site uses the word support wherever it makes any claims, so they've learned that lesson. But it turns out on TV they think it's okay to make exactly the same kinds of claims again, which they know it isn't. So it's really upsetting to see them still talking nonsense about what these things can do. Yeah, it's worrisome enough to have vague claims made, but really bald-faced assertions like, Oh, is this really a real thing? Yes, it is. Followed up by how the hell do you know and where's your evidence wasn't coming. Um, yeah, that, that's, that is worrisome, isn't it? I mean, if I was maybe a, a, a kid or... No, and look, an ordinary person who hasn't taken an interest in this sort of thing, I might be convinced by someone who looked uh, intellectual and confident on the radio talking about that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and a lot of people, they won't look further. They won't look for the evidence. They'll see this slick-looking website. They, they won't see the word supports. They'll just see that list of specific conditions. And they won't realize that what the word supports means is it doesn't actually do any of this. Um, and, and some of them will fork out, I think it's $70 for a mat, which is, is way more than you should be paying for something like this, given that it's not going to help you with any medical conditions whatsoever. It's not even comfortable. <laughs> Apparently it gets less bad over time. I guess your body just resigns itself <laughs> oh, to the fact that you're injuring it. That's back to my vomiting theory. <laughs> Precisely. All right. Now, Dr. Oz, he's done some dodgy stuff in the past, but he's basically pants down now, isn't he, with the astrology thing? Here he is from uh, one of his programs. He's gone full astro. We all love to look up and gaze at the stars. Civilizations throughout history have looked at astrology to find meaning in everything. So how many of you open the paper every day and look at your horoscope first? You see some people up there. Yeah, there are a lot of folks who do that. And I'm always amazed because I could never quite figure it out. But again, when we go to parties, I keep hearing interpretations and they sometimes are eerily on target. So explain the link between the horoscope and our health, the stars and our bodies are feeling. Sure. Well, we all have seen the drawing of the Vitruvian Man by Leonardo da Vinci. The human body is actually shaped like a five-pointed star That's with a nice. head, two arms, two legs. And you also may have seen the drawing of the Zodiac Man, where you see Aries ruling the head, the first sign of the Zodiac, yes. Pisces ruling the feet, yep. and all of the other body parts correlating to different Zodiac signs. So the point is that 
your zodiac sign doesn't just govern personality traits. And all of the zodiac signs live within you. And this is really about balancing all of the signs within your body. So today we're gonna to take an in-depth look at every astrological sign to find out how Rebecca says the stars can help you take control of your health. Okay, there we go, it's pants down, full Oz. <laughs> Yeah, it's so embarrassing. I really had hope for Dr. Oz. Um, he's a surgeon by trade, but despite that, when he was on the Oprah Winfrey show, there was a bit of nonsense. Starting his own show, it's got worse, but in 2014, I think it was, he was called in front of Congress, and they gave him a real dressing down. Um, he thought maybe he was going there to give them advice on other alternative medicine practitioners, but in the end, he got an absolute grilling himself. And they brought up specific cases on his show where he talked about miracle cures and unfailing things like coffee bean husks, which were just absolute nonsense. And I hope that maybe after that, he would have been embarrassed enough that he would have cleaned up his act a bit. But he seems to be going the opposite way. I mean, this is, this is astrology on a show that's supposed to be suggesting good, healthy things for people. It's supposed to be helping the American public to, um, to have good medical advice, but instead... Apparently, our zodiac signs and where the stars are lying at any time of the year, they relate to our physical bodies. Um, so neck pain is related to Taurus, and Capricorn is connected to having sore knees, and my star sign Virgo apparently is connected to the abdomen and my digestion and purity of purpose. Apparently, because the gut sorts out the good from the bad, um, that's the personality trait that comes with it or something of the personality that's going on. This is just unadulterated nonsense. Um, the woman that's coming out with Rebecca Gordon, she's got a book out, and I'm, I'm guessing there's some money that's been paid so that this can be an advert on TV, and Dr. Oz is obviously happy to take the money here. Um, and we heard there that astrology is not just about personality. Of course, astrology is not even about personality. That There is no merit to the idea that astrology is connected to someone's personality. And us skeptics all know it, but I thought, actually, what are the tests that have been done? So I had a quick look up to see what's been done in the past about astrology. And there's one called Carlson's Experiment, where they found 28 astrologers, and of them, 26 were chosen by the leading astrological group in America. So they were supposed to be really good astrologers. And they were given over a 100 in-depth psychological profiles of adults. And alongside them, but anonymized, they were given the birth charts for each of those people. And the idea was obviously that if the birth chart allows these people to be able to work out what someone's psychology will be, what their personality is, they should be able to match the birth charts to the psychological profiles. Um, and I, you're not going to be surprised to hear that none of these 28 astrologers did any better than chance. Mm. They should be <laughs> eager to do these experiments too, if they believe in what they believe in. Absolutely. A lot of the time, astrologers don't. Um, but sometimes they do, and it's really good when they do. You can even do it without astrologers. That, that's a good thing with this, because we have predictions in the newspapers every day. And with that, you can just give people five or six or even the whole 12 of a day's predictions or a personality reading. Um, let's say you give them the predictions from two days ago and say, okay, two days ago, which one of these 12 best matched your day? And I've done this. I, I used to be a part of a podcast where we did this for a year or so, and we were no better than chance in figuring out which of the star signs matched us. Um, 
uh, unsurprisingly. So, yeah, even if astrologers don't agree to take part, there are still ways to test their predictions, and they still absolutely fail. But worryingly, with Dr. Oz, going back to him and, and his crazy ideas, um, President Trump is now looking to promote Dr. Mehmet Oz to his Council on Sports, Fitness and Nutrition. Don't you? Um, and I know it, it is so worrying to think that, you know, we've seen we've seen Trump make some really, really bad staffing choices in the past. But this one really seems like a new low, especially given that looking into how bad his programs got, I found that there's some research that's been done by Health News Review. And they found that of the statements that Dr. Oz makes and the, the guests make on his show, 80% of them do not align with evidence-based guidelines. Yeah, um, Trump, uh, his biggest failing, if you want to take pick one, is um, picking staff. He has trouble. Mm. Yeah. He seems to pick popular people and people that I guess he's seen on TV being related to something rather than people who are actually good at something. Yeah. Um, so for, for Dr. Oz, I, I looked through past programs and found that he's told people not to eat apples. He's told people to remove their amalgam fillings. Um, he's promoted um, reparative therapy, which is the anti-gay therapy that's been totally discredited. Um, and yeah, apparently as well, most of the products that he talks about, there are adverts that happen in the gaps in the middle of the show promoting these. So it, it's fairly obvious that there's some kind of deal going on that um, you pay for advertising during the Dr. Oz show and you get a segment where you can come on the show and have a talk about your product. I know, I think I know why he um, has given up having integrity. It's because he looks at his bank account and goes, I can't leave you like that with just seven zeros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I could see... I mean, the amount of money that he must be making, yes, yeah. it, it's probably not the hardest thing to drop any kind of morals or ethics and, um, and just think that, you know, maybe in the long term he's thinking, I can give to charity. If, the if in the short term I just do this and make a bit of money, in the long term I can do good with it. Oh, yeah, okay. You're psychic now, are you? You think you know what he's thinking? <laughs> Jeez. Hey, I, I hope at least there's that, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you're yeah. right. There may not be. He might just buy himself an island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are assholes. Okay, um, I just want to play a little thing from one of my favourite true crime dramas from this week, Homicide Hunter, Joe Kender. He's a great storyteller, and I was heartened to hear this because I really don't know what he believes about woo and stuff. Excuse me, sir. I've got someone out here who is insisting they speak to you concerning the Rachel White case. Who is it? Well, thing is... Sergeant Kender? Sergeant Kender, I've seen Rachel White with my mind. Excuse me? It is not uncommon in my world that psychics will approach the police department, people who claim to be psychics. They do so in murder cases on rare occasion, but they do. They more commonly do it in a case of missing persons, and they frequently do it in a case of kidnapped persons, although kidnapping is rare. They come forward and announce that they are in contact with the Zodiac, and they know the stars, and they read the Farmer's Almanac, or whatever it is they're into, and they insist that they're able to determine by their knowledge of the world of darkness the location of this child. The visions, they were so clear. I see a crib. It was yellow in a gray house. And uh, you want to team up with me, right? I bet that'd be real good publicity for you. My approach to them is always the same. I want you to tell me one case. One. 
in the history of this country from 1776 to today that was resolved through the use of a psychic. Can you provide one of those? One example. Just one. I'm only asking for one. No. Get out of my office and don't come back here. Get the hell out of my office before I have you arrested for a false report. No, you don't understand. I Now. <laughs> uh, yeah, an honorable approach. Um, Mark, I just want to raise one problem with that. We've only got a couple of minutes. Sorry to um, maybe miss one of your stories, but... That's all right. Joe Kender there, uh, an honourable approach regarding this woo, but I think he's making a mistake because someone will guess one. Just yep. one. Just <laughs> one. Give me one. And they'll be able to give you one. Yeah, because absolutely. On someone is going to line. guess right one day and it will be used as proof positive that they're all um, have got something to offer when they haven't. As he said, they, they come out of the woodwork frequently, and it was interesting to hear that kidnapping cases are a, a very regular one. Um, but, yeah, it, it sounds like they, they're always there. Psychics are always there letting police know what their ideas are. And absolutely, you know, on a long enough timeline with enough people making enough guesses, someone's going to accidentally fall upon something that sounds convincing, but that's just statistics. That's just coincidence. So it, it will happen once in a while. Yeah. And of course that doesn't mean that psychics are real. It doesn't mean that they've actually got a connection to the dead or the afterlife. It just means that um, they've played the odds. They've played the lottery and occasionally they'll win. Yeah. I want to up the ante from Kenda's uh, request. Show me one and do it again. Hmm. Yes, and again, so that would be a good one. Yeah, and again, yep. and save lives and help people. Yeah, yeah. Ra rather than just one psychic occasionally, different psychics getting them. One psychic that consistently gets it right would be good to see. Yeah. Okay, Mark Honeychurch, thank you very, very much, and I'll speak with you again in a couple of weeks. Good stuff. Skeptical thoughts. Good for you. Cheers. Curiosity not only killed the cat, it spawned a whole radio show. Graham Hill's Weekend Variety Wireless on Radio Live. U.S. is the least qualified guy. It's better for U.S. to shut up. Thank you very much. Shut up. You know, I got to tell you this. What? I just picked up my wife, Jennifer, from the airport today. She just flew in from China. Mm -hmm. And I just love this. I just love it. She shows me her new Gucci bag that she bought. You know, you know, it's a knockoff. It's a knockoff. What I love about the Chinese, it's spelled C-U. It's Gucci. Gucci. <laughs> That'll do. Everything is so misspelled there. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, yeah. What the heck? C well, I wonder how we do with Chinese characters. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. That, you know, you got no idea. Okay. People don't know I, I'm wearing a, a Donald Trump hat. I wore it as you came in just to see what your reaction was. <laughs> God, you don't want to know, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's a joke. All right. Caught me by surprise. All right. Well, first up, yeah. I was just really saddened because I rated the guy. I don't hero worship. I'm not a fan of a lot of coots, but... He was good. Yeah. I liked Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. I liked his style, his humanity. Yeah. He was decent. He was a master of his craft, but just walked like an ordinary person yeah. through the world of food. And 
I rated him. Yeah. And just so sad. So sad. We're talking about Anthony Bourdain. Um, yeah, I, you know, I mean, he's very low key about everything, and and he was, but the, you know, the thing was with Anthony, um, he committed suicide this week in France. 61 years old, I, you know, and, and he was a very successful man. I mean, I read his book, Kitchen Confidential, yeah, way, ba- way back when. It was, a, it was a lovely book. But he was a great storyteller, mm. you know. I mean, he wasn't just a master of uh, food. He was able to really tell a story and his travel shows and no reservations and mm. all those things were just award-winning shows. And not be- just because of the food, but because he could relate a story and a culture and talk about respect for food and people's cultures and kind of marry those two two together so you and sometimes uh, it was probably shocking to a lot of people but he did the decent thing and he's not a vegetarian i don't think he's ever eaten anything for the sake of his health no he's he's, he's only ever eaten it because it's delicious and there's that uh no reservations where he goes to cajun country in south louisiana and yeah, he does the deed with the pig, shoots it. Yeah, yeah. That's how you get your food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he talks about that. Talks yeah. about, you know, you got to go to the source and, yeah. and work out where it comes from and what that's all about. Yeah. Um, He's not thinking it's a, it's a joyous thing to do. No. But it was what you got to do if you want to eat pork. Yeah, you know. I mean, obviously, he so had, bring it home. He had his demons. He was a heroin addict and um, did a lot of cocaine. Um, he had beat the habit. Uh, but I suppose, I don't know, maybe that stuff comes back and haunts you at some stage. Yeah, or it's an indicator that he's after something anyway, you know, yeah. something that he talked maybe about that. cracked. He talked about that. He talked about there was um, uh, a space missing. And also in the 70s, late 70s and 80s, um, New York, with heroin and, and speed especially, yeah. that was everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the restaurant business, my father was a... Um, uh, a chef owned his own restaurants, and I grew up in that in that world. And um, you know, unfortunately, my father was an alcoholic, and a lot of people in that business are attracted to booze, and yeah. nowadays attracted to drugs. So, yeah. but um, also this week, with besides Bourdain, um, you know, it's funny how you relate to somebody. I mean, I was shocked when I read that. I saw that on the news because I felt a connection to him just because I liked him, just yeah. because I followed him and yeah. read his books. And and then on the other hand, Me too. there was a fashion uh, uh, woman, Kate Spade, and uh, she committed suicide. And she's big in fashion, you know, huge around the world because, I mean, Jennifer told me there was Kate Spade stores in China and Shanghai. I really? Mean, she's, yeah. How are they spelling it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd, be, that'd be one to look at. But um, I looked up suicide in the States, and um, it's on the increase. 30% rise in suicides in America. That's significant. You know, in 2016, 45,000 people took their lives in America. That really shocks me. It still shocks me. I mean, that's, that's almost the number of deaths we had in the Vietnam War. 45,000 people. It's the third highest killer rate. You know what the highest killer rate in America is? Guns. Alzheimer. Oh, really? Dementia, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I suppose, well, how do you pair that away from just being really just being old? Just really old and being yeah. out of it. Yeah. The second second is the, the opiate crisis yeah. and then suicide, you know, so. Far out. You know, but well, anyway. The suicide in the States, I don't think the gun lobby can really make a, an argument for this. It's undoubtedly connected. You've got a gun available in the house. There is that opportunity for a rash decision to have the ultimate result. That's right. 
That's right. Opportunity. If you don't have that opportunity there, it's much more difficult to go through an elaborate process to try and end your life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, simple thing. If you leave your gate open, somebody walking by is more than likely to walk in. If you have it shut, they're going to walk by. Yeah. Just a little simple thing. psychological things. thing, isn't it? Psychological thing. If the gate's shut, I'll just keep moving oh, along. Yeah, but if yeah. it's open, oh, I'll, wow. go, I'll go take a peek and see yeah. if I can pick up something. Yeah. But also, when you talk about guns, and, the, and you know, there was, unfortunately, this week, there was a little two-year-old boy found his dad's gun and, and shot himself. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm constantly staggered by the uh, carelessness with what people that have firearms leave them around. They just leave them in the house. They just leave them where a two-year-old can find them. There's some kind of macho cool about that. I, I guess. They like the look at them. They like the idea of it. I don't mind people having guns and all that kind of stuff. I don't mind that. But if you're going to have a gun, it's it's beyond irresponsible that a two-year-old can find it. Yeah. They're at a very low level. They're not high up and, you know, going in cupboards and stuff. They're on the ground. And you also know you've got a two-year-old when you... Two, uh, if the two-year-olds are hanging around the house, you tend to notice you've got a two-year-old. Yeah. Do something about that. Yeah, you, you, you shut up stuff. You put poison or whatever out of the way. Yeah. People just leave their guns around. I don't get it. Before we get into... I want two things I want to talk about before we get into what we're going to talk about. Okay. You know, I give you a list of topics. But yeah. one, uh, Fox News, they're such a bad news organization... Because Donald Trump this week disinvited the Philadelphia Eagles to the White House because nobody was going to go. There were only going to be 10 people, you know, out of, out of the whole team. And there's like uh, 80 or 90 guys on a team. So he disinvited them and he started talking about the national anthem and the kneeling and this and that and saying they're disrespectful. And the Philadelphia Eagles, not one player during the season kneeled. They all respected the flag. They all stood for the national anthem. But Fox News was so eager to show them kneeling, that they showed a picture of him kneeling and blam blasted him, they were praying before the game, as oh, most football teams right. do. <laughs> Anything and, will do to, anything, to fit our narrative. Just pathetic. Now, and the other thing I wanted to, I just wanted your opinion on this, because mm-hmm. maybe I'm reading this wrong, but Ellen DeGeneres, who was a talk show host in America, she went to Africa, and she does some kind of project in Africa, as a lot of these people do. You know, they got the money, so they try and throw something in. But she was on a trip and a tour and stuff, and she posted on Instagram, social media, a picture of her with a whole bunch of little black African kids. Yep. And she got shit for it. Yeah. People were saying travel porn and, and you know, disrespecting Africa, and they don't come over here to America and get pictures of little white kids. And I think, well, maybe they do because, yeah. I mean, it just seemed like a picture to me. It's patronizing, <laughs> that, that kind of attitude, yeah. Do you think it's bad or what? No. I mean, I, no, I just, I don't. It, no, it just looked like a photo to me that she took. I just so hyper on the lookout for, for anything <laughs> that they can translate as racism to... Yeah. Show everybody how unracist they are by complaining about it, which actually shows how racist they are by be by being on the lookout for it to, to the extent and actually defining people by their race is what they're doing. Yeah, I, I, that's what I thought. I thought, wow, people are so sensitive; they're really searching for something to bitch about. Yeah, it just looked like a it's foam a, to it's me. It's making it worse. Yeah, I think we're we're right on the edge of you know not a, not a good space. That's really why I don't like it. It makes something that could be uh, better worse and you know the road to hell is paid with good intentions and so i'm questioning the good intentions now i think a lot of people just look for that stuff so they can parade yeah. their virtue 
It's a, yeah, well, social it's media. I think social media lends itself to that. Oh God, yeah. You know, yeah. because you can broadcast from your little shack wherever you're living. Yeah. How cool I suppose she's advertising some sort of charity. I I have an uh, something I don't like about that sort of thing is when people make a big play about what they're doing. No, this this photo was just a photo. Okay. I, but the story said because people were sticking up for her, saying that she does have a charity in Africa, some some kind of right. project that she's doing. But this wasn't. She was just on a trip. Oh, okay. And she just took a photo of a bunch of kids. Here I am. Here I am in Africa. In what country? Uh, you know, I don't even know. It was like a... Chad. Let's go for Chad. It was, it's like the Serengeti Plains yeah, or something. Yeah, right. Well, I suspect <laughs> there might be quite a few black people there, as it's uh, yeah. termed. <laughs> the chances are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to run into one or two of them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah just regarding Anthony Bourdain... Really, really sad. If you are in a state in your own head, there's Lifeline, okay? 0800-543-354. 0800-543-354. I'll give you Suicide Crisis Helpline as well. 0508-828-865. And that, of course, is available for family and friends, not those directly involved. Um... Well, I suppose that is in a way directly. We'll move on, huh? Yeah. Okay, 1812. 1812. Well, you know, Trump is on the warpath again. They had the G7 summit up in Canada this week, and <laughs> Trump went up there and ranted and raved, and he wants to invite Russia back. Now, they dropped Russia. It used to be the G8. They dropped Russia four years ago because they invaded the Ukraine and annexed Crimea, so they dropped them. So now Trump wants to bring them back. And then he started yelling at Trudeau about the tariffs and this and that and stuff. And then he, he, he arrived late and he left early because he's on his way to meet Kim Jong-un. You know, he tweeted that we're not signing the G7 summit now. You know, the United States, screw you guys, you know. I mean, so, so and Trudeau came back and said, you know, Canada's not going to be pushed around. So anyway, I mean, you know, to piss off Canada to that extent, it just cracks me up. I'm going, wow. Yeah. You know, you're really making, you know, so people are a little bit concerned about that. But you, last week... You gave me shit about, you know, the Canadians and Americans fighting. It wasn't the Canadians. Canada was a British colony. And that, was yeah. the, that was the War of 1812. Yeah. There were a couple of Canadians in there, but it was the Brits that we were shooting at, not the goddamn Canadians. John, Canada is Britain. I don't care. It's, it, Canada's Canada. Canada was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Canada was Britain back then. It was. It was a British colony. Yeah, well, there you go. So, well, no wonder I didn't know we had a war with Canada. Because we you did. You did have a war with Canada. We had a war with Britain. And Canada was where the Britain was. Britain was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. hey, the other thing. What, what, what? The other thing. I just love. I just love how stupid Trump is. Yeah. You know, because he's yelling at Trudeau on a phone, having a conversation, and, and he goes, "Hey, didn't you guys burn our uh, burn our the White House down?" And Trudeau goes, well, no, it was actually the British. Oh, well. So, yeah, that, see, I, knew, I knew you'd buy on that one. <laughs> yeah. There you go, Canada. You can't get off that lightly. <laughs> Come on. Fess Som up, Trudeau. Somatics. Okay. And a coup. Are we going to have a coup? Well, remember a, a few months ago I said, you know, it wouldn't surprise me that we had a military takeover and blah, 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 that Trump would go that far. One of your more ridiculous assertions, yeah. Today, or this week, he says, I have the absolute right to pardon myself. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, it might not be true. He that, did say that. Yes. He did say that. Yeah, it's I, hilarious, so, isn't so, it? So no matter what I do, 
I can part myself. I can break the law. I can shoot somebody. No. I can do this. I can do that. No, and I, I will he, pardon myself. He, that, will, he will get in trouble. Big, big trouble. Oh, he's bullshit. Able to, able to pardon himself. Bullshit. Who's he going to get in trouble from? The asshole GOP? The Republicans? The Supreme They're gonna Court. They're going to do nothing but roll over. The Supreme Court Congress. Congress ain't going to do dick. Wait till after November. They're not going to do dick. Congress are a bunch of they're, they're bullshit. Okay. You know, they are. Republicans, are you kidding me? But anyway, yeah, so that was, the, you know, kind of the big news. Now, the other thing was interesting to me. I've been reading about uh, Mueller's report. He's got to write a report. He's not going to write a definitive report. He, at the moment, the first report that's going to come out is going to be on obstruction, which is Trump. Mm. It was quite interesting because the report goes to Bob Rosenstein, the deputy acting attorney general. And then he presents it to Congress. It doesn't necessarily go to the public. They decide if it will go to the public. Oh, really? Yeah. That seems un-American. That's what I thought. I said, God damn it. We, should, we have a right to see that report. Yeah. But no. It, I mean, I, I, I believe that they will. There's just there's so much interest in it that they will. But you get a huge report. How do you spin the release? Do you, do you release the whole report or do you release the stuff that's good in it about, you know, it's, I, it's very interesting that, that everything in America is a political decision. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, yeah. that's well, you know, I thought, God damn, that's not, that's not fair. Mm. Guy writes a report. I want to, I want to see it. Yeah, of course. But anyway. Okay. Uh, kissing ass. Who's, uh, come on, yeah, come okay. on folks. You know, you, are you going to believe any politician in America? Oh, I mean, no. we're we are so we are so low. We are so low. You got Mitt Romney when Trump was running for the, the presidency in 2016, got up in front of a whole audience and called Trump a con man, a yeah. fraud. You know, just a debased individual. Blah 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 blah. Just said the guy was a crook and you shouldn't vote for him. And now. Because Romney is running for U.S. Senator in Utah. Ah, oh, Trump's, you know, I'm going to cozy up to Trump now. Oh, he's okay guy. I think, you know, I think we'll nominate him again next year. And I think he'll, he'll run the, re the presidency again. Because he's kissing up to his Republican base in Utah. Why isn't this more transparent to the voter? I can't. Dinner? I don't know. I can't get over that. Yeah. I just, you know, it's so obvious. It's like the narcissist in the office. There's, you know, I mean, I actually don't know if we have one at the moment. We've had, had, had them in the past. It, they, they do things. And you go, what? what? You know, why are you why doing that? You, yeah. Why are you doing Because really, you know, we keep talking about in America, from all quarters I read, where's the moral leadership? Who has principles? Where's the next guy going to step up that's, uh, you know, that, that people are going to gravitate to because he's got some actual foundations and policies that he's not going to sell his soul out for? You just don't see it. At this moment, John, this I would just like to recall earlier this evening, I spoke with an American historian yeah. on... 50th anniversary of Bobby Kennedy being oh, shot. Yeah. Now, yeah. there's a guy. He didn't play silly politics. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I mean, when he went into, like, you've said this before, and I've read it, and yeah. I've seen the tape. Yeah. When he went into Indiana, into that black neighborhood, and they didn't know that Martin Luther King had been shot, and he told them. He just stood up in there and told them. Wow. Even the thought of having to be the person to tell them. <laughs> yeah. And be Let alone a, a pretty much off-the-cuff speech. Yep. And in their backyard. He had no protection. None. 
you know, it was something he had to do. Yeah. Um, he had a lot of he principles. He wasn't afraid to do it. No. And he saved lives. There were yep. no riots in Indianapolis. Everywhere else was what nuts. dreadful. Yeah, yeah. And a really cool thing, uh, Jennifer Frost, the historian, yep. uh, who talked us through Bobby Kennedy, gave me this. And What's that? And you can't see it on radio, but I'll, <laughs> I'll put it up on the Facebook page later. Genuine. 1968. Oh. Badge. Kennedy badge. Campaign badge. Oh. From 1968. Cool, eh? That's very cool. Yeah. A little memento? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Big, A little memento for a bigger historical... Loss. Loss. Yeah. yeah. Okay, jungle primary. How weird uh, politics is in America, because nothing is, like, set in concrete. You think you're going this way, and all of a sudden you got to go left. Because usually in primaries, you have a Republican candidate, and you have a Democratic candidate. You have two different parties, so you get to vote. Not in California. Not in California. they got a jungle primary. Top two finishers. You could have two Democrats. You could have two Republicans. Doesn't matter. Whoever gets the most votes. Really? <laughs> That's just so weird. That's just so weird. I looked at that. Is there a state that has a king still? <laughs> I mean, Probably. They all try to do it different ways. Probably. I mean, it was. It's just New Hampshire's military junta. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because the Republicans were, they thought that they were going to get edged out in the governorship and there was going to be two Democrats. Mm. But some guy snuck in, so they're making a big deal about it, that, you know, because the Democrats are going to win. I mean, California is a Democratic state. Mm. He's going to win in a landslide. But the point being, if you get a Republican on the ballot, that draws more voters, more of your base out to vote. If mm. you have nobody out going for the big guns... Mm then people have a tendency to just stay home and not, and not vote. So that's the reason. But the jungle primary. <laughs> that's fascinating. <laughs> no idea. Okay, 24 million is our final number. Final number, 24 million. How, how, now, these guys don't know to go to no leamings or whatever, you know. Air Force One needs two ice boxes. Two ref they got five on Air Force One. A refrigerator. A refrigerator. I call them ice box. Of I'm old. You, do. Yeah. you know. But they need two new ones. Mm. Twenty-four million for two boxes. No. I mean, well, what is that? You can't. And and they're trying to just. No. That, please explain. Well, they're they're saying that it's a special airplane and they have to do special tests. No, they don't. <laughs> it's an ice box. <laughs> Twenty-four million. Get an Eskimo bin or whatever they're called. <laughs> That'll do. A bit of ice. You know? I mean, and this is just one, like last week I talked about Pruitt spending 1500 bucks on 12 fountain pins. Uh, they were monogrammed, though, I read. They, if, I, if I backed out, I checked that out. They were monogrammed. <laughs> you know that with a laser printer these you know? days. But, you know, it's just like, it's like the old adage, when it's not your money. Yeah. You, you just, you, I mean, it's just ridiculous that they're going to spend... 24 million bucks on two ice boxes. I mean, that, that, that beyond the pale. Yeah, that beats the fountain pen story from last <laughs> week. It really does. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, and the other thing, too, um, yeah, this week we got the big summit with uh, Trump and Kim Jong-un. <laughs> and I love this. I just love this. Trump is such an asshole. He's just, he's just such a dick. He goes, I'll be able to sum them up in the first minute. I'll know whether we're going to have success or not. I'll size them up. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Oh, man. Oh, fingers crossed. Don't. 
Just don't. <laughs> Stay awake. Can we get him something better to do? Something yeah. he really likes? I don't know, man. This would be, you know. A parade. Yeah. I'll, I'll be in a bloody parade for, for Trump. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll wear the hat if he keeps away from this serious business. And I want to say, folks, you, you know, applaud for John Dimvik tonight because I've been looking at, at Mr. Graham Hill here wearing his stupid-ass Trump hat the whole time. I forgot I, <laughs> I forgot I had it on. So genuinely, John, well done. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. I'll take it off now. Okay, the joke's over. <laughs> Cheers. You're a good sport. Thank you. Life. The universe. And everything in between. Graham Hill's Weekend Variety Wireless on Radio Live. A very special hello to those listening on the podcast. They're up and running again, as you obviously know. It's 10 o'clock news time.